Welcome to the first episode of the Easy Point Podcast, the show that covers all things miles and points. We discuss major events in the space, like new credit card products and award chart changes. We do live award bookings, where we figure out the best way to use someone's miles and points for a specific trip. We talk through the pros and cons of various credit cards and airline products, and soon we'll have on guests from the casual travel hacker to the full-time blogger. This podcast is made possible by Easy Point a new service that helps both small businesses and consumers formulate a personalized miles and points strategy. What credit cards to apply for, how to profitably shift most of your expenses to credit cards, which ones to use for different categories of spend, and most importantly, how to get the best value on your hard-earned miles and points are the main things I work with clients on. The website with more information is coming soon, but if you're interested or have any questions, please send me an email at zach at easypoint.me. And without further ado, here's the episode. Hey, Jason. Hey, Zach. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing well. Excited about this new uh, credit card product that, that was finally announced yesterday. Do you, you have a chance to check out the, uh, the Uber Barclay card? You know what? I actually uh, I just was reading up about it online literally this morning. It seems like it's a um, yeah, pretty decent card for a starter. You know, we're not talking about anyone that's has many, you know, massive churner and has many cars in their wallet. But it seems like uh, the, the huge benefit is that I see there's 4% cash back on dining, which yeah. is pretty good, especially someone that eats out a lot, uh, like younger folks. Um, we're talking not just dining, but bars as well and Uber Eats. So <laughs> it's certainly a a, uh, a decent perk there, a very decent perk. I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite... Um, not familiar with any other cards that have such a high cash back percentage on dining. Yeah, I mean you have you have cards with annual fees like Chase Sapphire Preferred, Chase Sapphire Reserve, where it's two X and three X in dining. Where you know depending on how you value Chase points, it it can very easily be more than four percent. But in terms of straight four percent cash back that can be redeemed for a statement credit, I don't. I'm not aware of any card that that comes close to this. I think there's there's some there's some other card that gets you three percent cash back like a capital one card but yeah this is a this could be really good for kind of the the younger millennial uh that eats out a lot maybe doesn't have a ton of expenses on their card and doesn't want to pay for an annual fee yeah annual fees uh there's there's they're good and bad you know i i carry some cards with annual fee um Mm -hmm. even though i I tell myself it's worth it, but in the end of the day, when the annual fee actually comes up, I think twice before I keep the card open for another year. It's always tough to pay those annual fees, and and you're right, the four percent is uh, is probably the highest on on dining for a straight up cash back, which is always nice. You don't have to know how to get the best value out of your points. You mentioned the Chase Sapphire. Um, they could always be, yeah. It's a whole other learning curve to learn how exactly. to use them. Yeah, yeah. For kind of a beginner to you know, like trying to really optimize their cash back, getting just four percent straight that you could redeem for statement credit is great. And also, you know, for me and you, we might value these chase chase points pretty highly. But for the average person, you know, maybe they're not doing a ton of travel, or maybe the travel they're doing isn't aspirational. And then you know, in many cases, four percent can even be better than three x chase points. You know, so. Yeah, I think this is a really really solid card. It also doesn't have any foreign transaction fees. So even if you do travel, you know, you're be able to use this card, you know, around the world with no fees, which 
it's pretty rare when you have an, a no annual fee car that doesn't have any foreign transaction fees. That's right. I, I actually was, as you were speaking, I was, I was thinking to myself, I believe all the cards I'm familiar with that have no annual fee are, a, excuse me, um, that have no foreign transaction fees carry an annual fee. Yeah. So, and, and that's easily a hundred bucks or more. So this, mm -hmm. this is actually very good value for someone that, um, that's a beginner that's eating out a lot. Even someone that travels, like you said, as long as they're, uh, you know, they, they don't need a tremendous value from their points. Like they're not going business class or, yeah. or they don't mind a lower cost carrier. Um, this is certainly a, a, uh, a good card. And as well as I see the 3% uh, cash back on the hotels and airfare, yeah. which is also very good. I mean, there, like you said, there is other cards that give uh, two, three percent, uh, two, three points on, on travel, like the Sapphire Reserve or the Sapphire Preferred. But those can, those carry, uh, those carry annual fees. And this is, uh, legit straight up hotels and airfare. Some cards give two percent on, on airfare and, uh, and, and zero on hotel, you know, nothing extra on hotels or some, some cards give specifically on hotels and it has to be that, that brand. For example, if you have a SVG card. Yeah. It would give you two percent uh, or two SBG points per dollar spent, but it's only on SBG. Here, it's across the board. It doesn't matter, even if it's a it's an off-brand hotel or a different, you know, it's all, all on all hotels, all airfare. It's a pretty pretty decent perk right there. Yeah, and and this card also has some other perks that are pretty unique. So they they have fifty a fifty dollar credit for online subscriptions when you pay 5k or more on your card per year. For most people that are going to get this card, they're probably going to be, if they use it as their primary card, they'll probably spend more than 5k per year. And then, yeah, 50 isn't much, but hey, it's, it's, it's another free $50 here and there. And when you're not trying to justify paying an annual fee, it's kind of just, you know, a little bonus. And, you know, many churners might be like, oh, you're only getting 50 bucks. But, you know, if you're a churner, you're not going to get this card because the bonus is, I don't think we mentioned the bonus yet, the bonus is just $100 after spending 500 So no no churner or, you know, real kind of travel hacker is going to be getting this card anytime soon. But for the person that gets this card, that's their primary card, you just, you have these, you know, nice little perks on top of it where there's no real comparable card that you don't pay an annual fee for and kind of get this free 50 bucks annually. I actually missed that, um, the 50. I'm, I'm, I'm actually reading about it right now. Yeah, so yeah. You're telling me that uh, that once I spend five thousand on this card, then I have a fifty dollars statement credit for it looks like digital music, video, and shopping subscription services. So if I have an Amazon Prime, let's say I pay you know eighty nine or ninety nine, whatever it is, or I have you know Google Express, one of these things, I'll get a fifty statement credit. Exactly, yeah. or, or for like you know, for me, I, I have Spotify, so it'll come in handy. Come in handy for that. I'm think I'm somehow still paying the student price, which is five dollars a month versus ten dollars a month. Uh, so even if you're just paying the student price, you know, you don't even have to have Amazon Prime or anything else. Uh, you know, it'll pay for most of your Spotify for the year. So I, I really see this as a, as a card that's that's targeting you know like college students and kind of you know maybe you know recent recent urban grads and. It's, it's, it's pretty solid, and, and we haven't even talked about uh, another one of these unique benefits, which is uh, mobile phone damage or theft protection up to $600. Uh, the catch is you have to pay for it using your card, but you know 
even if like the value is 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 definitely there. Like even if you have let's say one of the business cards where you can get like five x on paying on paying for like a mobile phone and you value those points at, like two cents a point, yeah, you're getting ten percent back on maybe a few hundred dollars a year. It's not that much, but getting free insurance, you know, that that's a that's a pretty good value. So that's actually a very good value. I I, I uh, I'm reading up about it right now. Yeah, I I have a Sprint phone which I was paying um, insurance every month, and I started paying you know six seven dollars, and then they doubled it without telling me. <laughs> so I I took it off, but I actually had to use it once. But there's a deductible; it was like two hundred bucks. Plus, it was a headache. It literally took me three, four, five calls. Each call was minimum twenty minutes, half an hour on the phone. It was a pain. It was definitely a pain, and uh, and I took off that insurance because I felt like it, it wasn't worth it. But this is a tremendous value. And you, you mentioned before, Zach, that this card is tr- is probably trying to target you know millennials and young college grads. It seems like if anyone's gonna need this protection on their phone, <laughs> it's 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 us youngsters because we yeah. use our phone a lot, and we uh, you know it's we want to have that protection. So that is actually a very good benefit. I wonder, I really wonder, um, there's probably some statistics out there, but I really wonder um, of all the phone damages or or insurance claims and stuff like that, what are the age groups that that do that the most? I have to say um, between, you know, age 15 to 25 or or 15 to 30. I'm certainly guilty of it. I can tell you that much. (laughs) Actually, I think I noticed that when, did did I notice that when, when when I saw you a couple weeks ago? Yep. Yep. You did. (laughs) You, you, you would not want to be next to my phone when it uh, got all smashed up uh, a couple months ago. It was, it was, uh, it was hard to use. That actually looks fantastic. Um, Assuming that you, let's say you already have insurance on your phone, you're spending, you know, you spend, let's say, five, ten bucks a month on insurance, plus you, um, you're going to ha- you're going to pay a deductible at some point. So this is really, it is a, is a great card. We're talking $50 statement credit per year when you spend 5,000. We're yeah. talking a hundred dollars sign up bonus cash. So that's already 150. We're talking a value of Fifty to a hundred to two hundred bucks on the phone and insurance per year. Yeah, and the insurance seems pretty liberal. It's damage or theft protection. You know, like that. That pretty much covers everything. I I just hope Zach that they won't be that that technical when it comes to these insurance things. I know that some of the other insurances, like for example the Chase Sapphire, when I had to make a claim on on a trip delay. I had some expenses that they were going to cover, supposedly like uh, some taxis or some food, and they needed all sorts of paperwork. And eventually, I just gave it up because mm-hmm. it wasn't worth my time to go through all the hassle. So, yeah, you know, I really hope that they're going to make this a benefit that people could actually say, you know, I'll use it and it's worth it for me to to have <laughs> this product. You know. Well, I guess we'll just have to see when the data points come in because for them to make this so generous on a no annual fee card. You know, my gut is telling me that it's not like if the if the trip protection you know benefits aren't generous on a four hundred fifty dollar annual fee card like the platinum or the Chase Sapphire Reserve, you know how good is it going to be on a uh, zero annual fee card? But we'll see. 
maybe they do deliver on that stuff because yeah, that, that really represents an outstanding value. And like you were saying before, like this is just not only does this represent just good value to everyone, it represents particularly good value for, you know, kind of people in, in our demographic a little bit younger. Um, and yeah, for a lot of my friends that kind of know I do stuff, at, you know, with miles and points and have a lot of credit cards, they sometimes ask me, you know, various questions and it's, you know, you know how it is. Like you get, you get kind of what seems like a simple question from them, but it's really like you can't answer it without kind of going into more stuff. This is yeah, kind of, this sure. is kind of a way to, you know, not really have to get anything and be like, Hey, you know, if I just have to get like one card and I don't want to pay an annual fee, I think for a lot of my friends, this is going to be the card I recommend now. You know, that's a very, very good point. Uh, come to think of it more, this is probably, you know, this could be the go-to card for many, many people. A lot, you're right. A lot of people ask me, you know, Jason, what type of card should I sign up for? I'm just starting. What's a good overall card for overall expenses, everyday stuff? You know, I'm not a pro. What's um, what's a good card? And and till now, you know, I was always thinking like the Freedom and, you know, there's a city double cash back. But this really, it, it, for a lot of people that ha- um, dine out or, or, or traveled a bit, and even not, even the 2% on, on online purchases, which nowadays, let's face it, most most of my shopping for sure is online. You know, who goes, who goes to the store anymore when you can just uh, yeah. Google Express <laughs> checkout and you don't, you don't have to carry your grocery bags up to your, up to your front door. It's, it's, you know, the delivery guy comes and puts it in your house. Um, most of everything's online. So we're talking about 2, 3, 4%. We're talking about $100 sign-up bonus. Um, you don't have to do a large, you know, spend threshold like the other cards, three, four thousand. We're talking about five hundred bucks, and the, the um, you know, the the phone protection. This is this is really a, a great card for a starter. Yeah, and before we wrap up, let's talk about the Uber connection because for a while now, I think I started hearing rumors about this maybe as as long as like nine months ago that Uber wanted to have their own co-branded credit card. And then started hearing through the grapevine a few months ago that it was very likely to be Barclay card. But when you look at this card, the only real connection with Uber is that one on that 4% back on dining, it includes Uber Eats, <laughs> where I'm guessing if you were to use like with Grubhub, you'll probably just get like the 2% back on online purchases, but it does say takeout. So it's, it's a little unclear. We'll see as the data points come in for that. If it, if Grubhub and all the other, you know, Uber Eat competitors and, you know, bigger cities also get 4% back. There's really no competitive advantage to using this card for Uber because, you know, you, you'll see Uber is not on the 4%. It's not on the 3% cash back. It's just in the 2% for online purchases. And I would imagine that maybe even Lyft would code as 2%. Uh, again, we'll see where the data points come in, but if both of those things are true where, you know, Uber's competitors, both for their delivery service and for their taxi ride sharing service, their competitors get the same cashback rates as them, then there's no benefit to, to using Uber. Likely, I would imagine that the the takeout competitors earn the same, and then that like Lyft would probably just earn one. But it's still not that compelling of a reason to use this card for Uber. Maybe they just kind of want their name on a card just to kind of have that brand recognition. But it's, you know, there doesn't seem that many reasons to use the Uber. The the only other thing is that the threshold for redeeming your points is lower for Uber rides, but you know, you could receive a statement credit in your account for 
multiples as low as $25. So Uber is $5, other things are $25. The average person using this card, like, I don't know, I, I can't imagine that they're going to mind waiting that much longer, a few more weeks to build up the, the cash back to use it on a statement credit versus using for an Uber ride. So I think it's really an all around great card and one that I'm going to start recommending to, you know, friends of mine that are beginners. But uh, I think Uber definitely dropped the ball on this in terms of, you know, having a strong co-branded card that is going to, you know, increase revenue and loyalty for them. You know what, Zach, come to think of it more, you're absolutely right. Um, if I had to guess, Uber is paying to have their name on this card because mm. it's actually it's a it's a good it's a good connection for for both Uber and Barkley because Uber has that that brand name out there. A lot of people, you know, they see Uber so that it's something that they're familiar with or something that they use a lot. So they they see the name Uber card, um, so they'll just you know they'll carry it and they'll be their go to card. What's Uber really gaining out of this? I guess. A branding and they're, they're, it's a tremendous advertisement and people will subconsciously want to use Uber more and just feel better about Uber. But you're right, the, the actual benefits of this card with Uber is very, very shallow, if you will. Yeah, I know. I know Barclay Card's been, you know, trying to expand U.S. markets and you know this this is clearly the way to do it. You know, have a card. Uh, that offers such tremendous value for, you know, a segment of the population that if you kind of convert to be your customer now, uh, you can get some nice, nice return on that investment over the course of their lives. Uh, I'm also wondering, you know, like if most people are, are using this card for restaurants, takeout, bars, Uber Eats to get that 4% back on dining or even half of their expenses, I feel like that has to be a loss leader for Barclay, Right. Um, yeah, I, I always wonder about that because I have yeah. the same question with some other cards that give you five percent on things like travel and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not sure of the answer, but it, it's very possible. So I'm not sure how they're making it back. So they're giving you four percent on dining, uh, but they're they're I guess they're hoping, I guess they're really hoping that someone that has this card will just use it on everything, and it's just getting not going to you know. Yeah. But it's kind of like with the Chase Sapphire Reserve, like even if you're paying that annual fee, if you use that card primarily on dining and travel, and even if you're not that savvy about using your points and just redeem it for the 1.5 cents per point, they're definitely losing money on you, you know? Depends. The 450 is a lot. You'd be surprised. The 450 is a huge moneymaker. Well, it's, so. it's, I guess it's, it's 150 to the consumer, but it's not. It's, you know, they, the, yeah. It, that 300 credit, right. they're still you're making right. money off of. But. You're right, you're right. Sure, sure, sure. No, they're barely making money. No, so, so you're right. So it's, it's technically 150 Yeah. If you view it that way, then then they're – and you use it a lot for travel, they are probably losing money. They're hoping that you're going to – like I said, they're hoping you're going to use it for everything. Yep. Plus, they're hoping that you're going to redeem the points through them, through their portal – yeah, um, and they make some money back. Like they make hotel um, when they sell you hotels, they make a nice commission. When yep. they sell you flights, they make you know depending on the flights, they make they, they make some commission. So yeah, you get one point five cents value there. It only costs them maybe one cent or one point one or something. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the card, Zach? Uh, no, not really. I just I I guess I just wanted to talk a little bit more about maybe how Uber could have structured this card <laughs> to actually be more of like a revenue driver for them. Because as you know, 
airline cards, this is the greatest source of revenue with the biggest profit margins for the, the main three American airlines, Delta, American Airlines, and United over the last decade or so. Uh, on flights alone, uh, these airlines have been unprofitable most years. And I'm just thinking, you know, the, the way they structure these cards, which, you know, really encourage you to use their card, their cards on their flights, uh, give you things like, you know, one check bag free when you fly their flights. They, they really encourage, you know, loyalty from not just like a more abstract perspective, but really kind of giving value where, you know, I don't, I don't fly a ton of Delta, but I, I recently paid the annual fee on my Delta Platinum card, which is $200 a year because you get this companion pass, you get free check bags on all domestic flights, you get a higher uh, priority in boarding. Like, you know, I, I really, I really feel like uh, they could have, you know, done something like this for Uber, where it's like you have this card now, you get five percent back on all, on all rides. Like, so it's something to really make it so if you're in a competitive city like New York City or San Francisco, that you have, you know, reason to always use Uber versus using Lyft. You know what? That's that's a very good point, and you're right. It's not. It doesn't seem like a very good, uh, you know, the best setup they would want to have. My uh, suspicion is that they possibly were at a you know were at a lower bargaining point. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure why right now. It's hard to put into words, but they possibly were possibly Barclays was was talking with other with other rideshare companies and uh, or yeah. or Uber was wanted to first get a feel. I mean, this is their first card. So. Yeah. Delta, for example, you mentioned Delta. Delta has five, six, seven different type of co-brand cards with Amex. This is Uber's first card. They probably want to see what's going to be with it, and they'll see, and if they want to pump in more money to invest and and make a card that's that has like the more benefits, like you mentioned, they want to first test the waters a little bit. That's my feeling. Cool. Well, we'll we'll see how those waters. Uh... Water Street Uber, and you know, maybe you're right. Maybe in uh, six, twelve months, we'll see another Uber card. Maybe you'll be have an annual fee, and you know, you'll have the whole kind of product line the way you do with uh, Delta or something. Yeah, that's a possibility. Come to think of it more, there's yeah, the, the airlines are constantly putting out new cards. Even just United had, let's say, three months ago, United had I think three total co-branded cards. Now they put out a fourth. Yep. Delta has for sure about uh, at least six, seven, uh, at least maybe more. You have to you have to realize also that Delta and the airlines are, are I think a way bigger business than the rideshare companies. Uber's yeah. Uber made it big. Uber is big, but I don't know that they have that type of or they they have that type of money that they they're interested in investing in in a product like this. The airlines are huge businesses. You have to remember, they're 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 Delta employs an enormous amount of employees and has yeah has, it's, a, it's a way it's a whole different ballgame. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm looking. I mean, I'm looking at the market cap of Uber versus the airlines, and yeah, I, I know Uber is huge, but you know, American Airlines revenue in 2016 was two thirds of you know what most people estimate Uber's market cap to be. You know, forty billion for American Airlines and around sixty for for Uber. So, yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize how much bigger the airlines were compared to compared to Uber. I knew Uber was huge, but different businesses, different margins. 
Right. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm surprised the car rental companies don't have a co- never had a co-branded car like this. Yeah. That, uh, I, I was thinking that for years already. I mean, all the hotels have. Some hotels have have different types of cards. There, you know, there's SPG Personal and Business and the Hilton. There's different, a couple different products, and every airline has a couple. Even the even the low cost carriers, even Spirit and Frontier have credit cards. I'm, I'm, I was always surprised that uh, Hertz or Avis never had a, a co-branded card like this. Yeah, well, well, we'll see. You know, many many Americans still have a lot of credit card debt. Unfortunately, the banks are still making a ton of money. So, I see no reason why we're not going to see just you know, it'll be cyclical as always, but not see just a general increase in available credit card products out there over the years. That's right, especially with more and more people going away from cash and going at the cards. Yep. Uh, certainly, we'll certainly have more and more different type of cards, card products opening. Yeah. Cool. Well, th- this was this was fun. Uh, thanks for your time, Jason. For sure, Zach, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon about I'm sure some more card products. Yep. All right. Take care. All the best. Have a nice day. Have a good one. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of the Easy Point Podcast. Do you have any feedback or questions for the show? A trip you're trying to take using Miles and want some advice? Shoot me an email at zach at easypoint.me. Thank you.